When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into our podcast only version uh, of this week. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is the full CHGO White Sox crew. Got Vinny Duber, the CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber and Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ectomarall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, We do have some baseball news today to talk about. The Twins are staying busy. Uh, We got to give some props to a Chicago legend who has unfortunately left. And uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about these uh, these feisty twins first. Uh, Luisa Rise, uh, Tony LaRusso's number one enemy uh, (laughs) last year in 2022, uh, is being dealt to Miami for starting pitcher Pablo Lopez and the Twins are also acquiring two prospects with it. Uh, top 100 prospect uh, shortstop Jose Salas and outfielder Brian Chirillo. Uh, both of them are teenagers as well. Uh, so what did you guys first make of this trade when it broke on Friday? I thought initially that, like, why are the Twins doing this? Like, he's been in the league for, what, four years? So he's got years left of control. And I was like, for the White Sox, awesome. Like, no more Luisa Rides, who last year tormented them. Of course, Dylan Cease has <laughs> nightmares about him because he broke up his no-hitter. Um, when I saw it, I was like, awesome. That's a great thing for the White Sox that the Twins are now a little bit worse. But then getting the pitcher back, which they did the starting pitcher sorely, more of a top-of-the-rotation guy in Lopez I think ultimately it's a wash for everyone, but I, as a White Sox fan who has seen Luis Arise way too much, praise the trade as a White Sox fan. I love it because <laughs> only one time can Lopez pitch every fifth game. Luis Arise used to do- dominate the White Sox every single time we saw them, and so I'm good with him not being on the team the White Sox have to face 12 times this year. Yeah, I'm not going to go as far to say I don't get it, and I'm not going to go as far to say that the Twins are worse than they were the other day. You know what I mean? Like, I I understand why this trade was made. It doesn't mean that it was good because they just had the guy who was arguably the best hitter, hitter being, you know, hitter with a capital H, I guess you would say, right? That job of hitting Um, in the American League. Why would you get rid of him? And they just said in, in signing Carlos Correa, the way they just did, they said, we're here, we're here to compete. We're here to do this. We're here to win. Why does getting rid of the reigning American league batting champ help you win again? I understand why they did the trade. Their pitching staff is much better than it was the other day after this trade, but man, this guy was pretty good. And now he plays for the Miami Marlins. Um, I understand uh, from reading, uh, particularly Dan Hayes over at The Athletic, that the Twins have a lot of prospects on the way to, to put in their infield. Um, I understand that the Twins were perhaps a little concerned about Luis Arise's injury history and um, 
injury future. Uh, again, somewhat ironic for the team that just signed uh, Carlos Correa, Carlos the guy Correa. who other teams were very concerned about his injury future. Um, Another doubling down basically on Correa. Like well, this, this, ha- this has to work because like a rise was such an important bat in that lineup. Now it basically puts pressure, more pressure on Buxton and Correa. No. Well, it, it does, but also like you had all of them. Why would you, why would you get, why would you get rid of two of them? Like, it's the thing that I, that me and Herb kept saying about Abreu with the White Sox, right? If like, okay, I get it. Yeah. You're confident that Aloy Jimenez and Andrew Vaughn and on and on and on and on and on can make up for the absence of Jose Abreu, or you could have just signed them and you could have had all those guys. Um, I think the same thing about this with the twins. Uh, Herb, you're right. I mean, this is the guy who's going to be in their lineup every single day. This is the guy who just had the highest batting average in the entire American league. Aaron judge had like the greatest offensive season in the history of baseball. And this is the guy who prevented him from being a triple crown winner. Um, It's, it's, it's weird to me. Go ahead and insert your audio drop there, Herb. Um, This is the twins being weird. Uh, Again, I'm not saying it won't work. I'm not saying that they're worse off because of this, but they could have been better, it seems to me, at least their lineup from an everyday standpoint uh, with a guy who uh, is coming off just a hell of a season. And uh, now he lives in the National League. So I'm sure White Sox pitchers are feeling the same way Herb is and are happy to see him go. Uh, just just the twins being weird. And the here, the thing that I thought of right away was, you know, the big news in the AL Central over the last month or probably over the entire offseason is that Carlos Correa came back to the twins. But he came back to the Twins. It didn't change the AL Central all that much because he was already in the AL Central. Uh, this changes the AL Central because arguably one of its top 10 hitters, you know, if not top five, maybe you could argue, uh, is is playing in the National League East these days. Yeah, I mean, I think it's at least a, a guarantee now that Correa will be here. I guess that was the whole thing was just like even at the trade deadline, we're like, oh, are they even going to keep him? Um, I mean, they could they could deal him right now and, you know, possibly just sign him again in the offseason. Uh, they they decided to reel with uh, a roll with a Dior bag for the uh, the entire rest of the season and now for what, six plus more years. That's um, not a good nickname. Is that catching on? He called I know, himself I know, that. Oh, I know where that comes from. I'm just saying, like, if that's catching on. I would have I would be regretful if I were Carlos Correa because that's that's not a catchy nickname. It's not good. Uh, maybe you know, maybe because now he's a Minnehodian. Uh, we make a, a Dior, Dior bag, bag shirt. Yeah, a Dior bag shirt, and we we can uh, just clown him. Um, I, I think the trade's actually good. I, I, I once they re-signed Correa, I was worried about the Twins, and this actually makes them uh, I'm me a little bit more worried about them. I, I hear your points about a rise and how good he was, but also he really didn't have a position. He was like five nine playing first base. Um, so I do think that their defense will probably improve. And the thing is, is like they have so many different top prospects that play middle infield. Uh, their top two are Brooks Lee and Royce Lewis. Uh, both of those guys, are, Royce Lewis has already made it to, up to the MLB. Uh, Brooks Lee uh, has an ETA of 2024. Uh, the guy that they just picked up, Salas, is uh, top 100 in Baseball America. I think he's at 93 on their list. That's where Colson Montgomery was to start off uh, last year, I think, at Baseball America or, or after you know his hot start of the season. Uh, but then they also in the uh, Barrios trade got Austin Martin, who is kind of a shortstop center fielder. So the thought process is they might not be done. They might have secured a bullpen or a secure rotation of six guys. Uh, they have Maeda now who's coming off Tommy John, um, who isn't like a guarantee to be good, but he has been good in the past. Mally, who they acquired at the trade deadline, Joe Ryan, who was fantastic for most of the year last year, Sonny Gray, who dominated the White Sox and I think had a sub four ERA. 
uh, last year, or no, that was uh, 2023 projections. Um, I think he was like sub 325 last year. And then Pablo Lopez, who I know most people don't probably don't recognize just because it's Pablo Lopez, you're a White Sox fan, you're in the American League, but this guy has one of the best changeups in the league. And while his second half stats looked really bad, the first half of 2022 was really good. 2020 was really good. 2021 was really good. And I think the Twins have a rotation that's very similar to Cleveland now. You know, obviously Bieber has that top end, and I think McKenzie has that top end. But the other guys, the other three, are are just kind of solid. And that's the whole rotation now of the Twins. I think that Lopez has a little bit of top end, not really, but I think Joe Ryan has some top end to him. But they're basically all like really good two to four starters. Um, so now they have six of those guys. And if they take some of those prospects and are able to fill out the uh, the, the diamond a little bit with some bats, I, I still think they could be dangerous. I, I think that they're really onto something just because you got a major league player in Lopez back and two more uh, additions. And, and you know, they've seemed to stay busy and, and you know, they've seemed to be aggressive. So I, I would be worried about the Twins just because it seems like they have a plan and they're very calculated. But the problem is, Sean, you trade away a 25-year-old guy, and yes, he doesn't have a necessary position on the Twins. But if you're going to trade this guy away, you've got to get a top frontline starter. Like, do we know that Pablo Lopez is a frontline starter? No, we don't. This guy, Luis Arise, bat the ball skills are best in the league. 100% talent with percentage, 100% talent K percentage. The expected batting average is a 97th percentile. And he doesn't chase a lot, 78 percentile. This guy is just getting better. He's not even in his prime yet. So, and you had years to do this. Like, you still had two more years at least of him being arbitration eligible. So, I just don't get the move for him. Like, like he was a problem or something like that. I got that you got to give to get something. But as you said, they have a bunch of uh, middle infielders. Royce Lewis, I know he's hurt, but he was a big time prospect. Other guys could be the package. For Pablo Lopez, I'm just thinking they didn't have to give away this player, especially with signing uh, Carlos Correa. I'm sure he's like, what the hell is going on? That was the American League batting champ. And we're just giving him away for a guy who might be good, but we have no guarantees he is good. Now, if they do this for Sandy Alcantara, I'm like, go ahead, Twins, do your thing. I get it. That's a top-line starter, no matter where he's at. Pablo Lopez, I don't know if he's that yet. He was last year, for the most part, but... If he's coming over to a new league, learning new players, and maybe that changes off, like Lucas Giolito's change off was off last year. It goes and it comes and goes. I just, for me, ultimately, I think the Twins will be the same team, but for, I'm sure, White Sox pitchers, they'll be like, hmm, no Luis Arise? I'll take whatever prospect they have there because I yeah. know one thing. They're not as going to get, they're not going to be hitting the ball like Luis Arise. They're not going to be spitting on pitches that I'm pitching that are nasty and deadly, a slider inside, and he's just like, nah, I'm good. That guy is very hard to find, and he's only 25. It's just hard to believe that he is gone. Now, if I'm the White Sox, I'm getting on the phone with the Miami Marlins and say, hey, that Luis Rice sounds good. Can we get you? Can we get Luis Rice on our <laughs> team? We need a second that's, baseman. That's not a bad idea. I, I don't understand this from the Miami part. Like, what, Are you going to build a lot around Luis Rice? Like, I understand that he's a good hitter, but he's a contact guy, and he's, he's going to play first base. Like, Is he going to produce the slugging numbers that first basemen need to produce? And it's like your your corner infielders are Gene Segura and Luis Arise. Like, Infielders and outfielders can be running around the damn the damn field. I just don't know if you're going to hit any homers. Uh, but I'll you say this about the, the fish. 
I'll say this about the fish. I said, however many weeks ago or months ago this was, I'm like, what are the Marlins doing? Why do they even exist in the a- in the NL East the way it is <laughs> right. right now? They're never going to compete against the Braves or the Mets or the Phillies. Um, I still think that's true, but give them credit for trying. They've gone Step out one. and they've they've gotten Luis Arise. <laughs> they signed Gene Segura. They've got Chisholm. They've got uh, Avi and and Jorge Soler. They got guys, I guess, and they're doing they're trying. So I'll I'll go ahead and and tip my cap to the fish because uh you know they could have just sat back and been like all right well we're never the best thing we can do is win the third wild card we might not as even bother trying but they have tried and maybe they can win the third wild card uh that pitching rotation is supposed to be uh pretty fearsome though obviously just lost pablo lopez but a lot of young guys uh uh, uh down there in, in miami We'll see. Hey, I'm rooting for Kinging. Uh, but you mentioned, Herb, what the White Sox think of it. And uh, Bob Nightingale released his uh, typical Sunday notebook today. Um, and in there about the Arise trade, he said, uh, this is from a White Sox official. One White Sox official said, uh, that's very generic, but one White Sox official said, that should be good for a couple of wins. He was such a pain for us. Uh, and then one AL executive said, let's see how that lineup fares without Arise batting leadoff. He helped those guys so much. This game values starting pitchers so much, but is a number four starter more valuable than a great leadoff hitter again i'm just going to push back they got two prospects along with it that's why it wasn't lopez for a rise but then isn't, i mean sean isn't that just making a deal to make a deal then though i mean w- the best case scenario is that those prospects they, become about as good as Luisa rise right i, I guess <laughs> well, they already I mean, like, have <laughs> I, I i would say that i think Luisa rise i think this is a a top you know, percentile season for him. I don't think he's going to have another 130 OPS plus just because he he really doesn't slug above 400. And just having that good of batted ball luck is difficult, especially when you don't hit the ball that hard. That's what was so promising about Yohan Moncada and Tim Anderson with their high bat ups is was that they were hitting the ball hard as hell. And it's just like when you're hitting the ball that hard, it's going to just be difficult to make plays on that. Um, where Arise, it's a lot of, you know, bloops and, and loops. And I think that, um, it's very Adam Frazier esque. Like he's very good right now, but like, what if this skill diminishes? What is he? He's a five nine first baseman. Yeah, he's twenty five, but I don't know. Like Royce Lewis, a guy who is a, a former first rounder, Austin Martin, a former first rounder. Like I, I do think that they have better quote unquote, uh, you know, baseball bodies and baseball, you know, generic or typical baseball. What you look for in a baseball player. Um, so I, I just think that they are either going to try to boost up that young potential or just try to continue to build out this lineup. I mean, I, I don't know who they might go for, but Brian Reynolds would look good in center field and he would fill off or, or center or left Deadpool? or right field. Um, no, Brian Reynolds, <laughs> um, the one from Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know if they have enough to get him, but like he obviously wouldn't play center. He'd play left or right with uh, Buxton and center, but that's a pretty good leadoff guy. <laughs> I mean, maybe I, if they sign up, maybe if they sign up for that mint mobile thing that he's always hawking, maybe they could get him then. Again, it's not Ryan Reynolds. Brian. Oh, oh, it's there's a, it's, a there's B. another letter in there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You. It's a, it's a B. B Ryan. Um, I'll just say this. I'll say this, Herb. We've been saying this all off season, and I think I think this applies here to the Twins. Okay, sure, Sean. Everything you said might end up being true, but the Minnesota Twins were a third place team last year, and now they don't have the batting champion that they had last year. Chicago White Sox were a 500 team last year, and now they don't have their best hitter, Jose Abreu. You can't look at that and say, oh boy, now, now that they've gotten rid of the guy who was good, they'll, they'll now they can compete. Like, I, I think the same thing applies there. It doesn't mean they're prevented from everybody else being good and, and being a competitive team and being a championship contending team. It just, right off the bat, 
if you're trying to compete in 2023, the guy who was your best player in 2022, getting rid of him doesn't seem to be that good of a strategy, but we'll see how it plays out. But then again, you could argue that they possibly got rid of their best player twice and were lucky to get him back in Carlos Correa. So, I mean, I don't know, like the the, the White Sox, if, if we're then comparing, like they lose a, Luis Arise, the White Sox lose Jose Abreu. They filled that hole with Carlos Correa. The White Sox filled it with Andrew Benatendi. I, I don't know if, it, if well, it's fair to compare it that way, but I just think that like for a team said, that they, the guy a, just came back, they already had Carlos Correa. Yeah, right. No, I know. No, I, I, I was just saying with the batting champion leaving. Um, but again, I just want to say for the team that was in first place at the trade deadline, the Minnesota Twins, if they stay healthy, which is the big if for the White Sox too, they can be dangerous. I just want to give them that, that credit. Like if, if the White Sox are going to be dangerous in 2023, I think the Twins definitely have to be dangerous in 2023. I think that they're more of a, a contender than the, the 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 Guardians after after this move, just because or, or they could possibly be uh, more of a contender after the Guardians. I'm not sure if they necessarily will be. Um, but I, I am interested what DraftKings has for the, the for the Twins to win the division. What was that? Oh. As that person who uh, talked to Bob Nightingale from the White Sox, do you hear me? Can you hear yeah, me? I hear you. I got you. You're Can delayed, you Herb. You're delayed. Okay. You're talking the about the person who, that... The person yeah. who lost... Uh, who was talking to Bob Nightingale, who's in the White Sox um, organization, that guy is truthful. It's like they lost their best player at the top of the, uh, the, top of the lineup. And I'm looking at his contract. He's got three more arbitration eligible years to go i don't see the where this uh, trade equals why the urge to trade this there in particular all the resources that they possibly have it makes zero sense to me they could just go on out and find a pitcher that is like pablo lopez don't you think? But it would have been a much better. Could they uh, not have gone out resources. and signed a guy that could have been like Luis Arise? I think that they possibly could have gotten a guy that. No. I think we might be overrating Luis Arise here. They got a guy in, in Kyle Farmer from the from the Cincinnati Reds, and I know he's not a batting champion yet, but he's got some uh, some underlying uh, some underlying metrics that I really do. Sean, like. he won I don't know, I'm just the saying. batting title. <laughs> he's trash. So he, he's trash. Twenty five years old. It doesn't mean anything. That's not, I, it's not giving any. I, I, Andrew Vaughn's 24, and, and it doesn't mean anything. more. I'm in. We'll see. We'll, no, we'll have people to project him to be better than he was because he was 24, and he's just learning the game. This guy's the same thing. He's just learning the game, and he won a batting title on the way of learning the game. Okay. Hey, maybe I'm, maybe I'm underrating Luis Arise. Much more. Yes, I feel much more like – like you think the strides that Andrew Vaughn are going to take are going to be exponentially better than what Luis arises? I don't, I don't know why, because this man is I, already I where he's what at, tool, at what the same he, age. What tools is Arise going to add? I, 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 he's not going to get that much stronger. He's not going to get that much he bigger. Can, he's he, not going to get that much can. faster. He's, I, I, I doubt it. If you want to bet on on the future of Vaughn versus Arise, we'll talk about it off camera. Um, no, see, just <laughs> no, saying like, off point percentage wise. It's, of course, of course, Andrew Vaughn. It's going to be a better player overall than nuts, but I'm saying there's there's room for growth for Luis Arise too. He's not a finished product just because he didn't hit for power, which he had eight home runs, which is only half of the total. What where Andrew Vaughn was supposed to be hitting high, higher than that. This is what I'm talking about. He can get stronger. He can get better. Now he's got the bat to ball skills. Maybe he's like, okay, I know that these pitchers know that I don't strike out that much, so they got to come to me. And maybe he takes a couple more steps down there in Miami. 
and he hits 15 home runs. I can see him doing that. We'll have to wait and see. Hey, that's why they play the games, right? Um, we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll jump into uh, so, some Lucas Giolito talk here and maybe some more AL Central talk if uh, Herb's feeling uh, feisty about it. we got to let you know about FOCO. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, F-O-C-O. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out FOCO.com or check out the link in the description below. Again, that's F-O-C-O.com. For for all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Again, at FOCO.com, that's F-O-C-O. CO, um, not sure what you guys uh drank this weekend, gentlemen. Hopefully, it was some um, Goose Island though. Uh, CHGO supported honk, by Goose honk. Island, Hong Kong. Uh, we don't have the drop, so uh, thank you for providing it, Vinny. Uh, CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. Their beer roster includes the limited release of the Blackhawks Pale Ale. We enjoyed that. Uh, when we announced the partnership on Thursday, Hawks and Goose Island have been neighbors for 25 years. The Goose uh, in UC opened for almost uh, 10 years. The Tap Room is a pregame destination for Hawks games and Bulls games. Uh, we loved going over to the Tap Room, and they had you know even old beers on tap like the honkers uh, i i never i wasn't around for honkers but uh i, I know matt peck was uh, ha- uh talking up honkers when they're doing their uh their uh france show uh, after that win uh so shout out to blackhawks palo uh, there's also bull city 312 that's a limited release the bourbon county stout the christmas ipa the beer hug ipa series the green line and matilda Goose Island has two locations that are open and ready to welcome you. Grab a beer from their innovative tanks at the Goose Island Tap Room at 1800 West Fulton, or get a smash burger and fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne Brewhouse at 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations and pickup, go to gooseisland.com slash locations, Goose Island Beer Company. Um, I mean, hey, Herb, just to give you a little bit of credence there too, Arise slugged 420. Vaughn only 429. So, hey, I mean, Vaughn doesn't even have that much of a leg up there. Um, I just I just don't understand what Miami's going to do. I mean, look at that Miami roster, and it's like, who, who is on that team? Do the White Sox now go get John Birdie, or is he their second baseman? Arise plays first, and and uh, we got uh, uh, Gene Segura playing second. Jazz Chisholm play, apparently playing uh, center field. Like, uh, do the White Sox have anything with the uh, Marlins here to get a second baseman? Should they call I mean, up the Marlins about Luis Arise? <laughs> I would. I mean, their team doesn't make sense. As Vinny was saying, they got a bunch of corner outfielders who are oft injured, like Avi Garcia and Jorge Soler. And then they're going to put Jazz Chisholm in center field. He's never played there in the major leagues. That's going to work. Okay, cool. Uh, like you said, with the corner infielders who don't hit a lot of home runs, that's going to be tough. So I'm sure they got Luis Arise. They were going to trade one of those pitchers in their staff because they're chock full of pitchers to get Luis Arise. Yeah, they'll play him because he's a good player, but I'm not seeing him being long for the Miami Marlins. With three more years left in the deal, arbitration are eligible. He's got to be very, very um, interesting to some other team who need a middle infielder or a DH, a person that just comes off the bench and just hits hits the ball. You know he's going to do that. So if I was a White Sox, yeah, I would call the Miami Marlins immediately, see what they're talking about. And if the deal is good, there's no way you're – turning away from that because it's inexpensive. The player you know can hit. The player has played in your division. There's no uh, there's no downside to Luis Arise for anybody getting them, not just the White Sox. 
I think the Marlins got him. I mean, the Marlins are going to play with this goofy, you know, uh, setup here. This is like when, you know, you've got a team in MVP baseball and uh, you don't care what position they play because you're like, ah, it's on like it's on like the rookie or pro setting anyway. What does it matter if I've got Albert Pujols playing center field? He's at least he gets the hit. Like I think it's probably that kind of thing where they're just like, all right, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, all these guys hit. Um, I mean, hey, the White Sox basically did it with their two corner outfield spots last year. So uh, why can't the Marlins do it everywhere and see what happens uh, in in an NL East that they're probably projected to finish no higher than fourth in anyway fourth i think is being very generous i mean i I guess the nationals still exist the nationals are terrible (laughs) they are terrible i was thinking that the the marlins would lose the most games but yeah no i mean they'll probably win at least like 65 or something like that um i I mean they'll they'll be a little bit near that uh that hundred mark they'll be fighting with that um but yeah I, i think just maybe the white Sox are interested in something now on their bench uh john birdie uh, and Jordan Groshans are currently listed uh, as bench pieces for the Marlins. Uh, Groshans, formerly of, uh, I think, a first-rounder with the uh, Blue Jays. He was acquired in a trade at the deadline. Uh, but John Birdie uh, stole 41 bags last year, uh, plays second, third, and a little bit of the outfield. Uh, 41 bags. Uh, and his birthday OPS is today. Plus. And his birthday is today. Happy 33rd uh, birthday to John Birdie, uh, a Beat guy from a Michigan. Um I mean, do the White Sox are the White Sox active now with the Twins being active? I guess that's the biggest question the fans want to know. And I think we'll wrap this uh, this discussion up with the the Twins reacquiring. I'll, I'll use that word, Carlos Correa, and now dealing Luis Arise and getting Pablo Lopez. Uh, do the White Sox make a move to kind of counter this? I don't remember what the circumstance was. I want to say it had to be like the trade deadline. I don't. I really don't know. It might have been spring training. Uh, some year. I don't even remember at all. But Rick Hahn once referenced the uh, the Hoosiers line. My team is on the floor uh, in talking about the, the roster that he had and if they were going to cha- make any changes. I honestly think that that's kind of the way they've been operating all offseason. And that's not to minimize the or minimize, actually, the uh, the impacts that a guy like Andrew Benintendi or a guy like Mike Clevenger can make. But I think the White Sox very clearly came into this offseason being like, all right, we have all the guys we need. They just need to be better. Uh, and I know a lot of fans take umbrage with that approach, but certainly it's one that can work um, if if the faith that's been placed in Pedro Grafal and the coaching staff uh, is rewarded, um, you know, and and reaps some some benefits that that fans might not be seeing because they haven't played any games yet. Uh, so I, I think that uh, hoping for bounce backs from all these guys sounds. Silly, maybe at first, given how ugly last year was at times. Uh, but these are still all those same players who had those high hopes for a reason. Uh, and it really looks to me like it, that probably will be the setup. The only place I see maybe that being a different case is at second base. Uh, I think John Birdie, who's apparently only seven days older than me, uh, makes total sense. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, because he can do some stuff that the White Sox as a team really struggled to do last year. So why not get a guy who can come in and swipe a whole bunch of bags? Why not get a guy who can come in, you know, and 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 hit for, you know, or, or get get on base at a regular, a pretty decent clip? So we'll see if that's something that that you know materializes. Obviously, we're just throwing names at the wall right now, but I do think that second base would be the area they would address. Maybe uh, you know, add another depth arm to the bullpen or the rotation here or there. Uh, but I don't think they're looking to play catch up to the twins because we just spent the last, what, three, four months talking about how they weren't looking to play catch up with the Astros or, uh, you know, any of those contending teams out in the national league either that were making all those moves all, all, all winter. 
Herbin, I just want to jump in real quick. I did find an article from a 30-year-old uh, Vinny Duber, basically uh, way two back years when. ago, uh, January 18, 2021, uh, where uh, the reality, this is Rick Hahn, the reality is that I, it's always probably somewhere in between those two answers. It's always going to, uh, it's always another move we feel we can make to get us better. We're going to continue to explore to see if something lines up, but there's no guarantee it will. So if this is in fact our group, we feel pretty good about where we sit today. I'm going to err on the side of managing and minimizing expectations. So to quote Hoosiers, our floor is on the team. Our team is on the floor. Our team is on the floor. I, I, I'm a, I, I, I recently learned what spoonerisms are because I do them basically uh, every time I talk. I don't know what that is, but it's where you flip the, the, like it's uh, nobody's perfect or Pobody's perfect. See, I I do it when I I can't do it when I have to, (laughs) when you're thinking about it, I got it. But to play like the white Sox and how they're thinking and, I can go there and say, okay, the White Sox think all they need is their guys, all of them who played badly in 2022, just play like you usually do. And that's kind of the same thing we're talking about with the Twins and the Guardians. And if you're looking at the White Sox and they're looking at their own staff, like if our guys play the way they need to play, it doesn't matter what the Twins or the Guardians do. So our team is pretty set. Now we have a good left fielder who – also helps us out left in, you know, with left-handed hitting too. So we got better there. And we didn't really have good years from Robert or Tim or Mancada or Grandal, any of these guys. If they all come back to playing like they were, it doesn't matter what the Twins. It doesn't matter what the Guardians do or the Tigers or the Royals. So I can see them saying, our team is there. We felt good about this team last year. They just felt injured. They just had one of their worst years. Of all their careers, it was collectively bad. Tony LaRusso was our manager. They can be feeling like, hey, we changed things by not changing much. And so, yes, I can tell that they probably feel good about the team that they thought was going to be good in 2022 going into 2023. It's kind of like I used to say, you know, when you watch the Roadrunner and uh, Wiley Coyote commercials or um, TV shows where the Wiley Coyote almost had the damn um roadrunner so many times and he changed like the roadrunner just happened to go past the boulder all he needed to do is change a little bit things about the boulder setup and he would have killed the roadrunner but no he went all the way different like i'm changing everything since i didn't get him that one time i'm going to call the acme people i'm changing everything i did the white Sox are not panicking like wiley coyote they're staying the course and just improving the team they're See, they're coming to get yeah, Wiley Coyote's coming after you for giving out his secrets. The trade I'm secrets. Lo- I'm loving this Wiley Coyote analogy you're building here, Her, mostly because I think that a very good argument could be made that Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner is the funniest thing that there's ever been. That there's never been any comedy better than Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner. All all great props to the great shows and the great movies and the great stand-up comedians. I, I think humanity peaked in the comedy department with Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner. Gotta be honest. That's hard to top. I mean, nothing's better than uh, fake, uh, what practical humor or uh, just just physical humor too. Uh, you know, I mean that, that that shit's goofy and very very That's- random to pick a coyote and a roadrunner. Must per- person be in the southwest when they grew up and saw them all the time? Maybe if you want to, if you, I mean. Wasn't that an intergalactic like universe though? I mean, they had Marvin the Martian and everything. I mean, was he also from Mars? Who knows. You're speculating um, that the that the Roadrunner is actually an alien? No, no. Herb was like the the person who created Roadrunner and Wiley e. Coyote. Um, 
that they must have grew up in the Southwest. But I was saying, well, didn't they also create Marvin the Martian? So like, how hey, Area Fifty One, it's all down there. That's true. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, and maybe they're from Roswell specifically. Could maybe be. they were affected. Um, we're gonna take a quick break here, and then we're gonna talk a little bit about Lucas Giolito and get out of here. We do want to let you know about ComEd. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve, manage, or no, serve, save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy saving opportunities, whether it's lighting. HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to de develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. And these can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that, can, that they can start working on immediately. And each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple paybacks. So don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy-saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. That's comed.com slash poweringbiz. And if you're ready for a facility assessment, call us at 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak with a Comed Energy Efficiency Program representative. Also got to let you know about DraftKings. Uh, currently, the divisional round is going on. The Bengals and Bills are going on. This is going to probably air to you on Monday, though. Uh, but I can let you know in that Bills game, uh, in that Bills-Bengals game, I won $166. Let's go. Uh, Jamar Chase scored the first touchdown, and uh, you know we'll celebrate a little bit. And you can enjoy the fun. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly when betting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at even bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-day parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code CHGO. New customers can bet just $5 on, NFL, on the NFL divisional round and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Finally, got to let you know about game time. If you're looking to head out to the Goose Island uh, taproom uh, over at the United Center, maybe you're going to a Bulls game, maybe you're going to a Blackhouse game, Pick up tickets with GameTime. They're the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, the 50-yard line courtside behind home plate, floor seats at a concert, it is possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on seats you never thought you could buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Blackhawks or Bulls tickets because GameTime was created by the fans for the fans, and that's why they guarantee the lowest price. So if you love CHGO, then you'll love GameTime. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the links in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Uh, also circulating over social media the past couple days, Lucas Giolito shared some video of him throwing. Uh, and it was funny uh, just because right when you talked about Dylan Cease starting his uh, throwing uh, on the mound, it seems like Lucas is, is ramping up at the same time. Uh, anything you took away, Herb, from what Lucas showed? You excited? You buying into any of the me mechanics changes that he ended up talking with uh, Robert Flores on on, on MLB Network? Uh, what are you taking away? Yeah, and he in that whole same interview, he pretty much talked and said that twenty pound gain of muscle was a mistake by him. He couldn't really carry that correctly. He couldn't repeat his mechanics correctly at that higher weight. He's a lanky guy, and he wants to you know be back to regular weight. Where in two thousand twenty one, he had if you were looking at his baseball savant page. All his meters were, were in the great year in 2021, even though people thought they didn't have a good year because of the one, you know, 
uh, Josh Donaldson thing where it's like he lost the sticky stuff. Now he can't pitch. He was actually excellent in 2021. 2022, you saw it. Enter the first game he pitched. Had COVID. The extra weight he had put on his body. Did not have control of his changeup the way he needed to. And with the fastball velocity coming back down to where it was in the 36th percentile, no real real difference between the fastball velocity and the changeup. At least not noticeable difference where you're way out in front of the changeup while you're sitting dead red for a fastball. So he was talking just about you know working on staying slim, staying more athletic, staying so he can repeat his motion. That is the thing with his changeup fastball combination where he used to do the tunneling up top where you throw that 96 up top and then followed up with 84, 85 up top too. And they would, you know, like, okay, I can't sit on one pitch elevated. He can, he's not afraid to throw that changeup up top because it has great movement and it has the same velocity. And he can repeat that motion as his fastball, as he can do with his changeup. We were talking the other day about Dylan Cease not be able to do that. He has to slow his body down totally to throw the changeup, which is a tell to the hitter. Lucas has had the, ability and he's a master at being knowing his body and scientifically how it looks coming out of his hand you know because the extension is still up there in the top uh, 90th percentile and so he knows that his change up just wasn't getting the same you know to a left-handed floating away from him and into a right-hander floating towards him and so he's working on things like that and i saw the the miles per hour it's like an 86 on that one pitch at Chapman um, Institute, wherever he's uh, working out on Irvine. But I have nothing but faith in what Lucas is doing in the offseason. And also, this was a bad year. I know White Sox fans are wanting to trade him. He sucks. He's this, that, and the other. The man was hurt. The man had a lot of excuses that went away from him in 2022. I think he'll get back to 2021, if not 2019, Lucas Giolito, and be dominant once again. And just to your point, too, like last year in spring training, he was hitting like 97, 98 with the added muscle. That was a bad thing. So just what this number is right now in you know, January 22nd does not matter that he's throwing 89 or whatever in a bullpen session working on mechanics. He's been through this before. I mean, I, I think that's why you've got to have some confidence in, in Lucas's ability to, to get back to where he's been before, because, I mean, it's not like we saw him have that terrible, tw- uh, terrible, se- worst pitcher in baseball season worst and then baseball. became an all-star and then was like, you know, pinging back and forth between extremes. I mean, 19, 20, 21, he finished in the top 11 of the Cy Young each one of those years. I mean, he had three really, really good years in a row. Um, obviously some huge moments to go along with it, but, um, that's some sustained success right there. And so, you know, he lost it last year. There's no doubt about it. And he'll be the first person to tell you that he spent all summer looking for it, uh, looking to get back on track. Herb, you went through a number of the reasons why, and there were a number of reasons. It wasn't just one thing. Um, He's he's done this before where he's transformed himself over an offseason, and now he doesn't even have to transform himself into something he's never been before like he did between 18 and 19. He needs to just go back to what he was doing just the year before. So he's got the perfect person there to work with him and Ethan Katz to make sure he can get back to what he was doing because Ethan Katz was the guy who helped him out of this rut the last time he had one of these. So um, just the experience of not only having success, but being able to go from a severe lack of success to that success, I think is really going to help him out. And that's got to give everybody who's, who's rooting for this team and rooting for this player confidence that it's going to, that it, that it has a good chance of happening. 
Yeah, I think that he has the most like fair excuses out of all of the pitchers or hitters that had something go wrong in 2022. Uh, you talk about the mechanics just being difficult to line up. That was something that took Randy Johnson forever to figure out. That's why he wasn't good. That's why he was traded to team after team after team. Not saying that Randy Johnson and Lucas Giolito are similar, just saying that they're both very tall. Um, and, you know, it took Nolan Ryan watching Randy Johnson pitch to be like, hey, fix this. And then he fixed him. Uh, you know, it could be something very, very small. And, you know, obviously we saw that fix happen with Ethan Katz and Lucas Giolito uh, when he was the worst pitcher in baseball. So I, I do think that that is something that is very, very fixable. And then he talks about that injury, like your core is what you need to pitch. And then he immediately went out and injured his core. So then his core wasn't aligning up. His mechanics weren't aligning up. Everything was off. So if everything could come together and he's sitting 93, 94 for most of his starts, I think that he will definitely be around a 350 ERA or below. Like, I, I just think that he has a good enough repertoire to make it work as long as the mechanics and everything is in line. If it's not, it might be another bad season because it's difficult for people who are that tall and, and that lanky to have everything in line. But we see the top end of Lucas Giolito and you've gotten two seasons from him. Uh, where, or I guess three seasons, really, uh, 2020, 2021, and 2020, uh, 2019, uh, where he's been great. So a little blip, hopefully, and, and he'll be able to bounce back. And if they have Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, and Lucas Giolito firing on all cylinders, I think things will be pretty good uh, for the White Sox in 2020. And remember where that injury happened. It happened in the first game of the season. I'm mm -hmm. sure his body was like, okay, this is not natural for me to have extra weight on me and so it's harder and he's throwing live bullets that really matter in that first game and he goes out of the game with that injury so that probably threw his his whole program off the all the offseason work he did it got thrown away and then having COVID right after that probably also took him a lot a long time to get back to where he needed to be because we've seen glimpses of the old Lucas from time to time in 2022 but not enough so I am very confident with the working with Ethan Katz and the pitcher that Lucas Giolito is. He's such a thinker. He's such a tinkerer with his own mechanics. I think that once he's off, he can get right back on because we've seen so many times where early in the game, giving up rocket shots, home runs, and then in that same game, adjusting and then shutting the team out for the rest of the game. So I am not anywhere worried about Lucas Giolito when all these people are calling for him to leave the team. Like, no. That's the guy you need on your team. That's the leader that you need on a team to show other players where, like, when things go wrong, I can still get out of it. I don't have to be panicked about it and uh, do something and execute my pitches. And still people can't hit my fastball, my curveball. He still was at 67 percentile K rate last year. So he's still got it. It's somewhere yeah. in there. I think so too. And, and we'll just have to, to wait and see. I'm ready for baseball to start. I'll be honest. But I think what we're about, I mean, less than a month away. From pitchers training? reporting? Yeah. yeah. I mean, about like, that is correct. Valentine's yes. Day? Getting yeah. close. Getting close, friends. Yeah. All right. Uh, very, very exciting stuff. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, it's it's sooner than we think. Uh, do you just want to give uh, one final note uh, as we are wrapping up here uh, to our uh, former family, Herb, uh, of Odyssey? Uh, XRT suffered a loss in their family. Uh, Lynn Bramer fought cancer as long as he could and passed away early this morning peacefully with his wife and son by his side. And tomorrow a.m. at 10 a.m., uh, the XRT family will celebrate his incredible life uh, of their best friend in the whole wide world. And this is the words from Terry Hemmert of uh, XRT. Herb, I know you worked there for a very long time. You knew Lynn uh, always on Pizza Friday was uh, was one of the uh, the guys to find. 
Yeah, he was the guy. Like, I remember specifically, I was just upstairs in the commissary. The score was on the ninth floor. XRT and all the rest of the stations were, like, on the 10th floor. So we had to go upstairs to get food and stuff. And so during the pandemic, I think it was, like, May, it was me, Tanny, and Lynn Bramer. And so I went upstairs just to get some food. And he's like, hey, man, it's, like, a Tuesday. He's like, want pizza on Friday? Because he was trying to just break the monotony of going to work, going home, being scared you know, the whole height of the pandemic type of thing. I was like, hell yeah, Lynn Bramer. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in for it. Like you're asking me and he paid for pizza for the first, like seven times we did pizza Friday. And then um, we would just sit down having conversations about stuff, you know, baseball, him growing up in New York, him uh, falling in love with the Cubs when they um, would watch WGN because that was the team that was on. And then him moving here and then his love of music is unparalleled, you know, that man, you know, loved music and he loved people around him. And that's the sign that the, the, the thing that's about everybody's best friend. It's kind of like Ed Farmer, like mm-hmm. everybody had an individual relationship with Lynn Bramer and everybody felt like, man, Lynn really cares about me. And same with me. If you ask anybody else who's dealt with Lynn um, numerous times, you've felt the same way. So very sad that uh, he is not with us anymore. But I'm glad that he is not suffering anymore either. And his legacy will live on throughout the city and throughout the world because there's a lot of people, not just people at the score or XRT or the Odyssey family, but musicians, um, record execs, all those people will be sorely missed, uh, missing Lynn Bramer because he left a huge impact in this city and on this world. Yeah, wonderfully said. Um, he was an icon when I worked there. Just seeing him in the hallways like always made me like, oh my god, oh my god, Lynn Bramer. Uh, like it was like seeing a pop star. And he always had time for you. Like I mean, just truly this the sweetest person uh, to to ever be around. Uh, so warm and, and just infectious. And yeah, a horrible loss for the Odyssey family. Uh, obviously, our thoughts uh, go out to him. But yeah, I mean, just such a strong connection uh, to music in this city. Uh, you know. People idolize him. I mean, he, he's fantastic. And I mean, even, you know, recently uh, with the bear, they opened up with Lynn Bramer's voice, you know, uh, the, the FX show, uh, just just really uh, an important person in Chicago. And uh, he will be sorely, sorely missed. Uh, anyways, it's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. We will talk to you tomorrow at 4 p.m. Monday, 4 p.m. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Actonwell23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We will talk to you tomorrow. Go Sox.